You're tuning in to Visible with Isa Media Inc. My name is Isabella Sanchez Castaneda, and I believe that your impact deserves to be shared. So each week, I'll be bringing you strategies to help you do just that. So let's get visible. Today's episode is an interview with Coach Simi. Simi is a career coach for Black women who want to be both well-paid and fulfilled in their career. We worked together at the end of 2022 to start and strategize her podcast, Well Paid and Fulfilled. Her original intention with the show was to help more women see the value in her group offer, Search to Secure, so that they too can earn a 10 to 40K pay increase. I asked her about her experience working with me and how she used all the strategies from Podcast Sales Strategy, formerly known as Issa Good Podcast, to help her continue her podcast for more than seven months now. Her podcast has allowed her to make more sales and serve even more women. I can't wait for you to hear this interview and learn how she has been adopting these strategies to help her continue on her mission. Thank you so much for joining me, Simi, Coach Simi, as the internet knows you. I'm so happy because today we're just going to be talking about how your podcast has impacted your business, our time working together, and what you would tell a future client. So I just want to get started by having you tell us what you do in your own words. Thanks for having me, Issa. So happy to be here. I'm Simi. I'm a career coach for Black women who work in corporate. I specifically help women get higher paying, more rewarding, and more fulfilling roles. I do this through my group program and my one-to-one program as well. But that's a bit about me. Yes. So we worked together at the end of last year, at the end of 2022, which feels like forever ago. And we worked on getting your podcast started, your podcast, Well Paid and Fulfilled. And tell me a little bit about what made you want to start a podcast. Thanks, Isa. That's a great question. So I like to know my clients and I like my clients to know me when they work with me. I found that because I sent a lot of emails to my email list, which happens to be called Well Paid and Fulfilled as well, I found that a lot of people wanted to get the chance to talk to me or kind of know a little bit more about me and what I stand for, what I believe in. And I thought a podcast was the perfect way just because I had done other things for my brand. Um, I knew who like my clients were. I had like my brand colors. I knew everything that was basically important about um, my presence. And I felt a podcast was the next piece or the next level that I wanted to take my marketing to. I just really thought it would be a good marketing tool to make sure like my clients heard me in their ears like once in a while. So they didn't have to always want to buy before they heard from me. And I thought a podcast was a good way for them to just be closer to me. So that was the that was the essence. Amazing. And I know that in the beginning, a big emphasis for you was to reduce the amount of time you spent on sales calls. So I know that that has since evolved and you're still doing sales calls, but it's more about getting people to get on the sales call with a decision already made. How do you feel like the podcast has allowed that to happen or maybe not allowed that to happen? So it definitely has allowed that to happen. I think with my podcast now, even when I'm off season and I'm not posting on my podcast I have those, it's like an evergreen resource because what happens is a lot of times I have some certain philosophies that are really key and I kind of say it to maybe almost every piece of content and I can always plug my podcast. I found that it really helped my clients. Sometimes people will quote me back to me and it's clear that they kind of want to listen to the podcast, but 
they already are bought into how my program is going to help them, my framework. So when they come into the call, they're already like ready to buy. That's that's how the podcast really helped. It definitely meant that when everyone joined the call, they didn't feel like that was the first time they were speaking to me. That is so good. The fact that people are quoting you back to you mm-hmm. and that you are really disrupting the career industry. Like you're, you have episodes that are like, don't go on more than, than five interviews. Like you are allowing people to hear the industry disrupting thoughts that you have before they ever get in your program. And so what has that done in terms of when people are actually in your programs, do you find that they're more familiar with your concepts already? Definitely for sure. I have some standout like frameworks and like thought processes and ways I teach my clients. So it definitely helps. But I think what a podcast helps you do as well, it, it helps you create a more empowered client because they know you, they know your style. It's not like they're just learning who you are when they're in your program. They already feel like you've been besties for a while. Besties in a good way, not besties like friend zone, but like they're used to hearing sometimes someone will ask for some coaching and then you'll share and they'll be like, that makes sense. Like, I thought you'll say that. No one's ever like shocked because they already kind of knew who I am and like my philosophies. I feel what podcast has helped me do is it's helped me clean up my messaging for my, obviously for marketing purposes, but it also has helped create empowered clients who, even when they don't invest immediately, as long as they listen to a few episodes they're ready to invest, like they're ready to buy. It nurtures my clients. That's what a podcast helped me do. It's like further nurturing that an email list or Instagram or LinkedIn can do. That's what a podcast does. It's like a next level nurture. Someone in your ear and someone on your screen aren't the same thing. You mm. know what I mean? I want to highlight that, like underline it, circle it. The fact that you are creating empowered clients through your podcast. And I want to take it back because I remember that we had a conversation in the very, very beginning about the dynamic of, am I giving too much away on the podcast? Am I giving too much out for free versus sharing your concept fully with people? And I think by giving people your concept, by letting them see exactly what's included in the program, you are creating empowered clients. You're allowing them to make a decision with 100% of the information rather than like them piecing it together from posts and then maybe being afraid to ask on a sales call. So I just have to emphasize that for people. I think it's really key. I see this because anytime I want to work with a service provider, like someone that's providing me a service, The things I consider is if they just say who they are, but I don't know anything about what they do and their process, I'm very likely not to buy for them from them. Right. So even just like how you highlight what your, like it's a good podcast is the process, like what we work on, like that's what allows me to want to buy. Like no one's going to buy like something that's a black box that just has a bow on the outside. People want to know what's inside. And I think that's how, Business owners who are podcasters need to treat their marketing because a podcast is a marketing channel, right? You can't hold on to like your, what you teach is not, don't think of it as a crown jewels. Think about it as like gifts for everyone, but obviously you're telling them the what, the how's in your program, right? So that is so good. I just want to pull like everything that you're saying and like blast it everywhere because it's <laughs> so, so true. But you kind of started touching on this with with the process and understanding what someone does with a service provider. So even though it was a little while ago, I want to go back to what made you decide to do a podcast 
via Issa Good Podcast and not just DIY it or go with a podcast manager? Obviously, as a career coach, I am never going to DIY anything that is being sold. <laughs> like if someone already has a result and a way for me to get that result, I am going to one, find out what the process is and make an informed decision to kind of commit myself to the process. So I was actually never going to DIY it. That was never on my vision board. I didn't do that. Um, I'm also a lady of leisure. Like, come on, I'm just going to get someone that's an expert. Being a podcast is not my zone of genius, so I'm going to work with an expert to help me. So that was that was the, the first kind of thing. Um, I chose is a good podcast because I saw how you spoke about podcasting differently from how everyone spoke about podcasting. I listen to some podcasts and it literally sounds like they say one, two, three, and thank you so much for listening, everyone. Kind of thing. And I just was like, I don't want my podcast to be like this. So I definitely knew that just from what you shared about your strategy, it had a very thought leadership led view on podcasting rather than just almost turning, you know, some people's podcasts just sound like their blogs, right? It's just, it could have been a blog. It just is audio instead of being written. So I really didn't want my podcast to sound like that. And I just knew that from what I saw on your social media, when I spoke to you, the way you kind of talked about your process, I just knew it was the right fit for me. I love that. Yes. I really strongly encourage people to not outline their podcast as a blog or to not just sound like they are bored. Like some people sound like they're bored on their own podcast. And so I'm really glad that you picked up on that um, because that's really huge for me. So then you came in, you were like guns blazing, ready to go. And I really remember this. And I think about this all the time that you, when we spoke recently, mentioned like you wanted your podcast to make you feel and be a big deal. And so with that energy, you like really came into it. What was the process like for you? So what was Issa Good Podcast? At the time, it was four weeks. Now it's six weeks. But for you, what were those four weeks like? They were really good. So I felt like every call was intentional. And I liked the fact that we didn't do it all at once because I felt like I was uncovering different parts and layers of what I wanted my podcast to be not just like the artwork, although that's really cool as well, but I like the fact that we started with more foundational things. I, I just really like the way, and I think the fact that it's six weeks now, is probably even better for some of your clients because I mean, I'm very type A, right? So even if you told me it was going to be one week, it would have got done. But I think some people might want that luxury of time thinking about, it, especially if they haven't been in business for a while or they have a very broad audience that they I kind of knew who my like person was and I was very clear on that. So it was I would say for me, it was very organized and structured, which I love. And I felt at the end of every week, I kind of knew what I was working on. I knew what I was like thinking about or kind of considering. Um, I don't know if you remember, but we had a day where we were having, it was called Podcast 101 at the time, or was it the first recording of something? And I got the wrong cable. Or I couldn't find my cable and I nearly cried because <laughs> uh, I was just so excited to like get everything recorded. Um, but yeah, Amazon came to the rescue and I think I got to the next day or in the next two days or something. But yeah, it was a really, really good four weeks. And at the end of it, I mean, I had a podcast, I had like two, how many episodes outlined. I just felt really, really good. And I recorded them all. So a huge goal of mine was to try and work on one, how can I help my clients kind of know more about my process and my program. But also I had some clients that actually were able to buy straight from listening to my podcast. They didn't need a sales call. So I believe, yeah, 
I, I hit a month goal just for my podcast, which is huge. Um, and I think people that are kind of thinking or considering about about a podcast, I think you should do it, especially if you know that your audience listens to podcasts. Like if you know your audience listens to podcasts, you should you consider it as a marketing because people want to hear from you. And if it's a place where they are already listening to stuff, why not? You should be there too. So um, yeah, that was yeah. a really big win. And I want to emphasize, you mentioned like you you had multiple people buy without even needing a sales call, but it wasn't even just that it was you messaged me and are like, Hey, I launched the podcast and you had launched, I believe it was two episodes. It was the trailer yeah. and then uh, two episodes. And then a couple days later you were like, Oh yeah, like two or three people already bought and they clicked the link to the podcast. They listened and they bought right away. I was like in the first week of you launching you already saw people just obsessing over your podcast and buying straight from it. Yeah. And I think that just shows that people really want to hear from you because these aren't sometimes people like waiting for you to do something new, waiting for you to show that you're a big deal. And people always really want, everyone wants to be affiliated with something great. Right. So I think it was, it was really like, that was just like, wow, I didn't think, obviously I've already felt having the podcast itself was the ROI, but that itself was amazing. Yeah. Well, and I think that it it wasn't so much just launching the podcast. I think obviously that's powerful, mm-hmm. but it was also, you came in and you didn't do basic episodes. And so a lot of what we talked about during the process of building the strategy for your show for that first chunk of episodes was how can we disrupt the way that people see career advice? And we really leaned into how can we specifically disrupt career advice for Black women? Mm-hmm. And there are very few shows out there that were doing it specifically for Black women in this way. And exactly. so your ability to just come in, show up and be like, this is this is it. There's no other option was what I really think people latched onto. Agreed. Agreed. I think it was the content ideas were very fresh, just like my email list. I felt like my podcast also, I think if the word is disrupt, but I also think the word is, I think empower is the word because people were hearing things that almost were freeing to them, things that people have never heard. Because I think a lot of career advice, I mean, as you know, everyone has ways they think it should be. A lot of people have careers like their parents or Lots of people that are like older than them have said like, this is what you should do. And some people stick with it, right? They stay in those jobs for five years, 10 years, 15 years. I've had some clients that have over 20 years of experience and they're just following this career path that still doesn't serve them. And that's why the podcast is called Well-Paid and Fulfilled because you can have both, right? It's not just about being well-paid, but being so tired. You can't even spend the money you're making or spend time with your family. And it's not just about being fulfilled, like having all the free time in the world, but not getting the pay you want. So I was just really keen on it having that name and it being an empowering place to be. And yeah, I think that that itself kind of did wonders just for like my positioning. It was really good. Yes. And I want to emphasize those first few episodes were like your journey to being well-paid and fulfilled. You really led with your own story without it being that really cheesy, like how I got here today episode. Exactly. You, you came in hot from the first episode, but still very, I don't think relatable is the word, but still it was, it was a good mix of you understood you were validating and you were an authority. 
and being able to bring that together and then have your second episode be why black women specifically need to be well-paid and fulfilled was just such a powerful combination. Yeah. So I think one thing I wanted to do from the beginning is I, and I think this is just key for most podcasts. Sometimes you listen to a podcast and immediately you're like, I don't know if this podcast is for me. And I wanted from the jump to let people know that they were in the right place. And I think so many podcasts don't do that enough. Yes. Well, and I love that because I remember the conversations that we had about that. The You mentioned that we didn't start with the cover art. We didn't start with the intro. We started with the foundations. And that first conversation was, who do you want to speak to? And I remember pushing you and being like, no, let's go deeper. Let's go harder. Let's like okay. be very clear about who this is for yeah. and who this is not for, which is the yes. scary part. Yeah. Because especially you're in a let's face it, you're in a career space that is so white, so male. And to be so boldly proud of the fact that you are a black woman and that your clients are black women primarily is something that makes you a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I was really, it was really good to embrace that because what I didn't want was to have in all my marketing, it's already clear that I'm a career coach for women, specifically black women. And I don't want my podcast to be any different just because I wanted to blend in into every, I don't want to be like every other podcast in the sea of Spotify and Apple podcasts. I really wanted to stand out. So I'm really pleased that you, you, and I think is I knew that I wanted to do it. And I think hearing it from someone else was kind of, was validating. Yeah. That was a, I think that was such a powerful decision I made and I, I'm so happy I did it. I'm so happy. So good. So tell me, what do you remember the most from the process that now you are 20 plus episodes in that you're still out applying anytime you go to record an episode or plan an episode? So what I remember most is I really liked the outlining process because I think a lot of times people are, why am I saying people? I <laughs> can end up scripting to like just to no end and the outlining process really gives you a good way to think about how you are delivering your message because it's very easy to ramble on a podcast I mean you get a mic and you just feel like you want to just say everything at once but when you are trying to land a new concept with people who maybe have found you randomly don't know who you are or even if they know who you are they need to, you need to present information to people in a different way when you say it than when you write it, right? And that was just super key for me. And like, I'm, I've always been good at speaking. I mean, I'm a speaker, I'm a public speaker, I speak at events. But speaking on a podcast is different because one, you don't have anything to bounce off of when you're recording on your own. There's no audience, right? So you can't even like play on how everyone in the room is feeling. There's no like... There's no chance to be charming. Let's call it what it is. If you're charming on your podcast, you're just charming yourself, which is good because I have positive vibes. But it was very good to learn that outlining process because it's very easy to not want to hear your own voice and you either rush through the episode or you just don't convey your message properly. And the outlining, I mean, it's the kind of thing where if you do a podcast by yourself, like you launch it yourself, maybe you might have... 50 rushed episodes that aren't that great so maybe on the 50th episode you find out or you can work with someone who has experience in podcasts and from the first episode you know what you're doing and I feel like I saved myself from doing like oh let's see how this goes so from the first episode I knew how to outline I knew what to say 
and you have to be to the point. And something that's unique about my podcast as well is it's very crisp. I'm not trying to be like everyone else. I'm not trying to have a 45 minute episode. My clients don't have time and I don't have time. If what I can say can be said in 10 to 15 minutes, then sweet, happy days. Um, so that's something that was, was also really good to hear that that could be done. I think sometimes you could just go with the flow and say everyone has really long episodes. That's, I should do the same. But I didn't want to have a fluffy podcast. Yes. Oh, that's so good. I It's music to my ears that you like the outlining process because it's so important to plan. And it is so important to respect the person listening on the other side and say it in a way that is so clear and so crisp and so straight to the point. And I remember having that conversation with you briefly of every podcast doesn't have to be 30 minutes or 60 minutes. If it's five minutes and it gets the person what they need, make it five minutes. Who cares? Like they, they got served and then they know whether they need to continue working with you or not in five minutes and not a ramble. So that's so good. So I'm going to ask you the flip side of that. What is something that you feel like you have had to learn or adapt after working with me? Oh, I would say nothing, but I think one thing I've noticed for sure is B2B podcasts and B2C podcasts are slightly different. I'll say sometimes when you're listening to a podcast that's selling to business owners or decision makers or comp or or just people that are making decisions on, on behalf of businesses, I think sometimes you have to bear that in mind that you're speaking to a person. So it's actually okay to get personal. Like it's okay to talk about real life things. And I think we spoke about that as well in the program. It's just something I realized afterwards as I outlined more episodes, I realized that sometimes you don't have to be very robotic or formal because you're speaking to a person and a person has feelings. So you can actually talk about the way people, like pe- people's feelings are important when it comes to, I mean, both businesses as well, but from a, like a consumer perspective, when you're speaking to women that have a nine to five, when you're speaking, like they want to know that you understand them, right? So um, I think something people shouldn't shy away from is talking, like being real. It's okay to be real on your podcast. Like I know, yes, the market mm-hmm. channel, but it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be like vulnerable. It's okay to share your story. Um, yeah, it's it's not something that like, I change or is different. It's just something that I can learn more over time. Yeah, something that you evolved into. Exactly. That is so good. And and it's something that is noticeable, right? So you did start with your journey to being well-paid and fulfilled, but then you've later added episodes about your maternity leave, about your the experience that you've had at your company because you still have a nine-to-five. And your those pieces really matter, especially when you are talking about something so personal like a career choice. So that's awesome. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. And so going to something we already mentioned, we mentioned that in the first week, you already saw an ROI. You already saw people buying. After that, though, how has your podcast factored into your sales process? Fantastic question. So what I love about podcasting is even when the podcasts are different from like Instagram and LinkedIn because the algorithm carries your posts, etc. But for podcasts, it's always going to be there. So when people find your podcast, they're always going to find it. I mean, they'll see the dates and know when it was posted, but whatever. I actually use some of my podcasts as like lit- like ways for my clients to learn more about me. So it might be an old podcast, but if I write an email about something relevant, I can share my podcast there. I think podcasts are a great way to like your podcast 
it should never go to waste. It's like a evergreen marketing machine, right? So um, I found it very useful to further, like when I'm explaining something on my email list or somewhere else, or even if someone's talking to me and sends me a direct message and asks me a question and I've made a podcast on that exact topic, I'd be like, you should listen to this podcast. So it's, it's, I think that's the importance of outlining your episodes so well, like even from like a season of outlines, like the content is so good. I I do I always I don't feel like I need to re-record something. I can always just think about fresh ideas because once I've done it once, it's gonna do the job. Like this year, next year, like the way you told me to outline, the episode will always stay relevant. So that has been that has been definitely a way it's worked for me even after making out like outside of making sales. That's so good. I just want to emphasize for people there you touched on using your podcast and your sales process in terms of linking to it with an email or even if you wanted to a post on social media, referring back to it no matter how old it is. You referenced if someone asks you a question, they ask you something that you know you anticipated they were going to ask, you can send them the episode link and Mm -hmm. save yourself that time, but also know that they're getting their answer fully, their question fully answered. You mentioned the evergreen capability of it, being able to trust that people will find you, people can go back and it's not like you have to pump out content all of the time. (laughs) And just just trusting that you, more importantly with those outlines, like you have content that even if someone finds something that's a year old, you're still proud to put your name on it. You're not sitting there saying, oh my gosh, that was Simi from a year ago. I can't believe she put that out. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. The outlining process is so powerful that you teach because yeah, when you do it once and you do it well, like I've never felt the need to record an episode yet. But I still think I wouldn't. (laughs) I wouldn't have a need to just because I've outlined. I've just done it well the first time, which is so key. Yeah. And you can always record an episode about the same topic again, but it's not so much like, oh, let me re-record it because it's Mm. no longer true or it's just outdated. So that that is so fantastic. I'm curious, what... What else do you feel like your podcast has allowed you to do in terms of your marketing and your sales? I mean, it's it's just always cool when people know you have a podcast. Not everyone else have a podcast has a podcast. So it's just a differentiating factor. I mean, it separates you from the crowd. It's just a great way for people to hear your thought leadership, like in a different way. I feel like my clients already know me when they start working with me. Like every single person knows my voice before they pay me. Right. I think that's powerful. A lot of people, I want my clients to know me. I, and I think even when I know they've listened to my podcast, I kind of feel like they're part of my crew. Like, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I think a podcast is a, it's a really great marketing channel. But I think more business owners should leverage. Um, I think it's slept on. A lot of people think podcasts are like fun and entertainment and like vibes. <laughs> and although my podcast, yes, it's fun. Yes, it's entertainment. Yes, it's vibes. Yes, it's learning. It's also empowering my clients. I see it as more empowering my like that's literally when I came to you. The first thing I said is, yes, I want my clients to like know if they're going to join or not on the same sales call, but I also want to empower them. So even if they never work with me, I'm totally fine. But I know I've still helped them. And I think that's so just so important for me. It's important for them. But like it means that my brand is strong, right? If I'm able to help people 
even if they're not working with me. Yes, so good. And I have to ask, do you feel like the big deal that you wanted to step into with your <laughs> podcast? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I mean, I mean, I always feel like a big deal. But the podcast, really and truly, I don't know. Obviously, I'm a career coach. I'm really all about confidence. And I feel like when you do things that make you more confident, you never regret it. And having a podcast is something I will never regret. And it's just going to only go up from here. So I'm just really pleased I did it. Oh, so good. So I'll kind of start wrapping it up. And I'm just curious, what would you tell someone who's thinking about starting the East of Good podcast? Or now I'm calling it podcast sales strategy, but same same process what would you tell someone who's starting the isa good podcast process right now i would say having a podcast is something you need to be committed to and i think the isa good podcast strategy is so good that you really want to like come committed and just ready to do it because when you do like the results are amazing i mean not only would you have like a podcast you're proud of but just the option the avail- like the option of being able to share your share your voice let people know what you think like your opinions aren't just like for you like your clients need to know them too and I think a podcast is just the perfect vehicle to kind of share your voice share your transformation definitely something to consider but I would I would say for sure that you you get out what you put in and when you come you come to your calls ready with Issa it just it just makes a difference when you're just committed to the process and because I was so committed to the process like Every week, seeking to you, I was just so happy because we were just moving closer and closer each week, but we were also not rushing. So it was just a really like rewarding experience. Yes, I'm so happy to hear that. And you were absolutely so committed to the whole process of not only the section that we called committing to your concepts, but <laughs> the whole process of showing up, making the key decisions, and then executing on it. Because at the end of the day, since you did Isa Good Podcast, just the strategy, it was still on you to go out and put this into the world. So I'm so proud every time I get a notification that you have another episode out because you have just taken this strategy and run with it. And that's why you're seeing an ROI. As much as it's the strategy, it's also you and what you're able to embody and empower women to do. Yeah, it honestly was like, I'm so happy I opted in for it because it really, really just changed the game. It just changed the trajectory for my business, period. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And again, I'll say it again and again. I'm so proud of you and what you're doing with your business. I would love for people to be able to connect with you further. So tell us where can they find your podcast and where can they find you online? So where to find me? First things first, listen to my podcast, Wealth Hid and Fulfilled on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also catch me on LinkedIn. I'm Simi Awokoya. And if you want to have fun with me, Check out my Instagram at Coach Simi. My email list is also called Well Paid and Fulfilled. Just go to coach-simi.com and join the list. Yes, all of that will be in the show notes so that you can all check out Coach Simi's work, the podcast, the LinkedIn, the Instagram, and how all of it works together so that you can be a big deal because you are. (laughs) And thank you again for joining me. I'm so happy that I got to talk to you today. Thank you for having me, Issa. I hope you enjoyed this interview with my client, Coach Simi. If you'd like to work with me to strategize your podcast so you can also create more empowered clients, head to the show notes and book a call with me. On that call, we can talk about how your podcast can help your business and which offer is right for you. I'll see you on a call and I will see you next week. 
Want to get even more visible? Go to the show notes and sign up for the email list. Each week, I'll be sharing strategies with you, just like the ones you heard today, on how you can really share your impact. I'll see you there, and I'll see you next week.